Hey, history lovers, I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. In the early 1900s, a man named Louis Hine turned up at factories, mines, and mills across the country dressed in a three-piece suit. He was a Bible salesman, he said, just a humble guy there to spread the good word to the laborers. But actually, this was just a ruse. Hine had no Bibles in inventory. He was a photographer, a sociological photographer, and his mission was to take photos of children working in horrific conditions. If you ever studied child labor in history class, you might remember seeing pictures of these children in your textbooks, their eyes and coal-stained faces staring straight at you. Chances are, Hein took those pictures in the early 1900s. His photography influenced generations of documentary photographers and is credited with the creation of the so-called photo story. And his work helped lead to the end of child labor in the United States. Hines' affinity for telling the stories of the downtrodden probably came from his own start in life. When he was 18, his father died, and it was up to Hine to keep his family financially afloat. So he took a job at a furniture factory and worked 13 hours a day, six days a week, before moving on to a better job as a janitor, a job that gave him time to take some college courses. Eventually, Hine moved to Manhattan to become a teacher. He also picked up photography. Hine began visiting Ellis Island and photographing the new arrivals, hoping that the pictures would help his students empathize with immigrants arriving in the city. His photos attracted the attention of the National Child Labor Committee, whose mission was ending child labor. In the early 1900s, child labor was widespread and widely accepted. Many believed the practice had substantial benefits. Youths could learn the value of hard work. Businesses could increase their productivity and decrease hourly pay. And parents could depend on their children to support the family. But there was a price for that, like unsafe working conditions, dangerous machinery, and business owners who refused to educate the children or shorten their working hours. The NCLC had a particular project in mind for Hein expose wrongdoing to working children by using photography, a revolutionary concept at the time. Back then, newspapers were just beginning to include photos. Earlier investigations by reporters only described harsh circumstances for young laborers in words. Without photos, factories were able to say all the stories were made up. In 1908, Hein started traveling across the United States to photograph preteen boys descending into dangerous mines, shoeless seven-year-olds selling newspapers on the street, and four-year-olds toiling on tobacco farms. After gaining access to workplaces, he took photos and interviewed the children, who would tell him their ages, backgrounds, and working conditions. If they didn't know their ages, he would guess by measuring them against the buttons on his vest, 
a measuring tape would have attracted too much attention. The National Child Labor Committee published Heinz photos in its publicity material, trying to influence lawmakers and power players to address the injustice being done. Exhibits and newspapers picked up his outrage-inspiring work. But there was no such thing as going viral in the early 1900s. The spread of Heinz photos and the reform that they inspired was extremely slow. But eventually, the images made their mark. The Fair Labor Standards Act, the federal law that would prohibit most employment of minors, passed in 1938, three decades after Heinz first stepped foot in those brutal factories. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to Jessica Contrera, who reported this story for The Washington Post. And for more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.